This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network. Let's see what day it is. No, it's September 19th. How did that happen? Episode 3022 brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, on the show this morning, we have Sally from Eventing Nation, who's going to stop by and share with us the wild ride that was the 2022 Eventing World Championships. Author Susan Friedland joins us again to tell us about her new book, Unbridled Creativity 101 101 Writing Exercises for the Horse Lover, and Jamie apparently bought another horse. She's going to tell (laughs) us about that, too. Uh, But before we get to all of that, I didn't know that Monty and Pat Roberts were invited to the private funeral, which should be starting right about now, at Windsor Castle. It has, yeah. They were uh, heading over this weekend, and they're staying at Windsor Castle, and um, I mean, you do that. That's what you do. Bye. I got to go. Yeah. These were, I mean, there were very few invited to this and and they're going to be in there with all of the world leaders and all that stuff. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I mean, he was knighted. He was basically given the American version of being knighted by her. So of course he would be a part of it and they were close friends. So it just makes sense. Well, this is That's really cool. That is really cool. You know, um, there were a lot of horses, obviously, involved in the whole parade. And after Westminster Abbey, when the, when the horse or when the coffin was on, the gun, well, I forget what they call that, um, but was pulled by horses. Those horses were horses that were gifted by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So that's why they were all perfectly black, perfectly groomed horses is because they were they were old mounted police horses. And the one horse that was behind her was a cavalry black horse. And talk about representing OTTBs. Uh, his name was Invader. He's 16.3 hands high and uh, actually was behind the coffin uh, before the king. Uh, and he was uh, he was a ex-race horse. He was a four-year-old failed racehorse when he was brought to the Calvary, and uh, you know, he'd been there for a long time. He was 19 years old now, but he was one of the one of the uh, horses that was preferred during state openings and the Trooping of the Color, and was ridden by the king and other members of the royal family. So no. they had that horse following the coffin. Uh, she had a lot to choose from, but uh, uh, but that was one of the old racehorses that she had. Talk about a second career, huh? Yeah, no kidding. This is just a it's a somber day. I I was watching some of the news coverage just this morning of you know, I mean, this is just global news. It's just it, it globally affects everybody. Everybody in the world knows who the Queen of England is. So, it's just a a heavy day on the hearts of a lot of people. So, they we said, will uh They said there were hundreds of world leaders and I'm like 
How many world leaders are there? <laughs> 500 <laughs> world leaders. Holy like, cap. How many world leaders are there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I, I haven't watched much of it. We're going to watch it tonight. Uh, fortunately, YouTube, you'll be able to find it. Uh, but we're going to watch it tonight. And uh, I guess the, to, I guess the next thing to look forward to is King Charles will do his ceremony in 2023 sometime. But well, we, everybody should have uh, the, I, the Queen Mother's favorite drink was called gin and Dubani. And I know that because of the British podcast I listen to. And you do two parts gin, one part Dubani and and have a toast for the Queen. Because I do know they sell Dubani here in the U.S. I found it at a liquor store. So we're going to have gin and Dubani. Do you like gin? Queen. No. I don't either. <laughs> no, I don't like any of it. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Suck one up. <laughs> All right. Daily Winnie time. Our version of a ceremony. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> well, happy birthday to a couple of our auditors, Lindsay Ardmore from right here in Ocala, Phyllis Allen, and Rhonda Crabtree. And for new listeners that don't know, Rhonda is what we call legacy listener. She has listened to every episode of many of our shows since two th- since we started in 2008. I know she's listened to every episode of Stable Scoop and Horses in the Morning and the Dressage Show. So right there is about 5,000. Uh, so thank you, Rhonda, for listening. By the way, uh, she's in Disney World right now celebrating, so I doubt she's going to hear this, but, you know, she'll listen to it at some point. So happy birthday to all of you. Oh, that baby Winnie. It's terrifying. I would like to give my daily Winnie out to Chad, my husband, and Barrett, and Jen, and Ginger. Yesterday, we went and got some hay, more hay. I'm just like stockpiling it like people did toilet paper, right? So I get the hay, and today is the day where I had to turn out my filly for the first time. She has been in a stall for months and I have this little, it's like almost the equivalent of three stalls that's attached to one stall. And so today was the day where I was supposed to then move her into that tiny one. So last night, my husband must just think I'm the most ridiculous person. I'm like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring the hay that you just brought in and we're going to stack it around. Like, as it's a post you know, for a three post fence. I'm like, I want you to stack the hay all around this paddock because I want the filly to not think she can get through the fence. And Chad's like, what, why are we going to take hay and put it on the ground? I'm like, just put it on the ground. And I'm like, I diagrammed it. I'm like, I want it to be around like on every fence, like a, you know, a, 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 a bale on its side all the way around the whole entire thing. He's like, that's like 26 bales. And I was like, so, and he's like, I don't understand. So I diagrammed, I drew it for him. Then we get down to the barn. He's got the hay, he brings it in. He's like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, do I need to mansplain this to you? I need you to take the, oh my God, this is ridiculous. He's like, there's going to be hay everywhere. They're probably going to try to eat it. I was like, that's what it's for is to be eaten. I don't understand. I'm like, listen, I don't know why. And this is something I said I didn't say to him. But, like, why do you even question me anymore? You know I'm going to win this crazy battle. 
and the crazy person is going to win the most. Anyway, so I won and there's hay lining it. And I turned around this morning and uh, it was harrowing, nail biting, like, oh God, please. Oh, it was so, 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 like, and then I locked her back up. So she was out for 15 minutes and the hay bales kept her in. She so didn't uh, hurt anything. I don't know. Don't ask questions like that. My vet actually told me, she goes, when you turn her out, you need to walk away because you will get an ulcer. That's true. And she's swinging and galloping and circling and doing these perfect flying lead changes. And Jen's like, she doesn't look like she's lame. (laughs) I was like, right now, watch your mouth. Like, let's just all say a little prayer, kneel down, you know, pour a little out for Effie and her knee with a screw in it. And uh, so, yeah, that happened this morning. Also, Jen uh, has been here all weekend and a you're a horse friend of mine. You go and work. So she's been really awesome helping me ride the horses and clean the stalls and just be generally awesome. So uh, thank you to that. The new horse thing. I know. How did I do that? It's going to be, it's going to be great. Did you buy it at an auction? Let's start there. Well, no. Oh, let's start there. Okay. Okay. I mean, he was technically in the auction, but I, I, I just call, I just texted him like, Hey, I would love some more information on this particular horse. He's a 16 hand chestnut thoroughbred gelding. And she calls me, uh, I, I didn't need a call. I just wanted to like another video. And so she calls me and we talk and she, like I said, she's from New Jersey and she's been doing this forever and has had horses and her daughter is a four-star rider uh, at some point in their history. And, and they're, I don't know. Anyway, this horse, she's like, basically here's the deal. This horse is hot and he has a big canter stride and he jumps really huge. And he, so he's really talented. She's like, but he sucks at dressage. So he's too much horse for a, an amateur but he's not enough horse for a professional. So we're in this like gray area of like, he's not going to win the dressage. She's like, dressage is all that people care about is what they're going to get on their score. He jumps everything. And I was like, is he lame or crazy? She's like, no. So I, I'm, she's like, well, I'm like, what do you want? I want this much. I'm, uh, I'm not, that's hilarious. I'm not paying that. So then she's like, all right, well, if he hits his minimum bid, I have to sell him, but if not, we'll call you back and revisit. And so I made a, just an embarrassingly low offer and he didn't sell for what they wanted. Again, he's like really hot. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a big, he's, he's 12 years old, 16 hand chestnut thoroughbred, little hot, big jumper, big step, hates dressage. She's like, he just needs. And so here's why I bought him. I want to ride something that I can do more than turn a certain, you know, like ride for 20 minutes at a walk and trot in a row. I haven't actually used proper engaged riding muscles in so long. And I have these two, three-year-olds who are coming along beautifully, but it's going to be spring to summer before I can even introduce Ace, my thoroughbred, to jumps. My other three-year-old is Miles, and he's an Andalusian. He ain't going to get – he can't step over a pole on the ground. I mean, he's like, just – that's not what he does. So uh, I'm like – this will be a horse that I can actually go do clinics and competitions and everything with right now. And so – it just made sense. And so I, I talked to Chad and he's like, you know, you don't have anything to go like, uh, do you want to so, compete again? 
I would love to. So there was a, a competition. And is last there any week. in Oklahoma? <laughs> There's a, there's a horse trial facility two miles from me, Glenn. Oh, okay. There is, I mean, it was a, a, like a sanctioned event. I, I competed Groot there. They now just do schooling shows, but there are three facilities near me that all do three-day eventing schooling shows. And that's all I want to do. I just want to get on the horse. I want to go to a clinic and like have like like Lucinda Green came through town. I'm like, God, that would be so awesome. I don't have anything to ride. I'm not going to take a baby three-year-old who like trots in a circle to a Lucinda Green clinic. You know, I mean, I'm sure we'd learn something, but I, I don't find a lot of financial value in that. And so I, I'm like, I just want something to do. And last weekend they had a horse show at Feather Creek and I'm watching all these trailers go down the road and I'm looking on Facebook and everybody's like posting their pictures and their scores. And I'm like online pouring over the scores. Like, what did, what did Patty get in dressage? You know, they, this is what I'm doing. And it started to drive me crazy that I just didn't, I don't, I want to play. I want to play with my friends. <laughs> so this one would be a, uh, Already made, you you just get on and go. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to have some training issues that I'll have to sort through. You know, I, I I'm gonna I, I would but for like the most to, part we're we're, but for we're not the most, starting from scratch. No, we're not. He's 12 years old. He's he's competed. He's done horse trials. He's done recognized three day events. But it's all been about four or five years because once they realize he's really not going to be great, she's like, we've ridden him like twice a week for the last couple of years. And so I said, I want some video of him because they, they posted one video of him like jumping and it wasn't enough. So I was like, I want to see him walk track canter on a loose rein and pop over some fences. And when they sent me that, I was like, okay, I can work with this. He's not lame and he's not crazy. He's just hot. So if I can cause him to want to relax a little bit, maybe we can improve on some of those things. If not, I have a, a spicy horse that I'm actually going to be able to like like he leg yields, Glenn. He leg yields at the trot. I was like, and here's the seller. He was walking and picked up a walk to canter transition beautifully. I mean, he got hollow and everything. He doesn't want to stay round. I'm like, well, I, I, I dream about the walk to canter transition again. When you only ride baby horses and you're like a baby race horses, you kind of like trot them into the canter, you know, and like to have a refined horse that I can just finally, like, I can still do all my work, but have one that I can work with and go places and jump, I think jump things. I haven't jumped since I had baby Groot, who I took to the makeover, who was a baby. And then I sold him. And, you know, I've, I, so anyway, I'm just going to see what happens. If anything, he's going to improve my riding and I'm going to improve his brain and we'll see what happens. There's no commitment to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm taking this horse intermediate, you know, there's none of that. I just want a horse that I can get on and ride more than just trotting a circle. And I have Barrett here and he's helping me with the three-year-olds and I have all these racehorses and I have, all, I have, I have lots of horses to ride. Am I acting like a spoiled brat who's like, oh, Daddy, I want another pony. Yes, I am. And you know what? That's okay because I paid for it with my own money. Currently, he is in New Jersey. And I have three shipping companies booked, but none of them can bring him until mid-October because the Keeneland September sales uh, are yeah. happening right now. Yeah, they're and a little busy. Everybody's so busy, so it's pretty frustrating. They're paying a lot more than you are. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, can you bring me this? Like, well, congratulations, you know, twelve year old. Thank you. I'm really excited. I understand to this. On. You know, having been married for this long to somebody who 
had the same issue for a while while she was training. So I get this. And by the way, that sounds like Jennifer's Perfect Tours, a little hot. Um, but does all the things. So, yes, yeah. exactly. And I was like, you know what? Uh, maybe uh, the way that uh, the style that I ride is going to be what I'm going to be less demanding of perfection from him and maybe he'll enjoy it. Maybe I just bought something that is a fire breathing dragon and they just <laughs> happened to catch the good moments on video. You know, like, I don't know. That's the thing. All I, I know is if you have to put hay bales around this one's stall, chat's oh leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, I just, I just want to play with, I just want to play. I just want to do more than like, I feel like out of shape. I feel like my legs are just spaghetti noodles because I don't engage my core when I ride. It's more like don't fall off kind of riding. Well, it's, it's more like, let's just not get in their way in any way. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Everything right. is like loose. I want you to carry, yeah. just, just move along learn to balance all that. Okay, great. This one is really good now. Oh, he's adopted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to get this one. I'm going to start this one. Oh, he's really great. Okay. He's adopted. So like that moment well, where I would start know, putting these the horses in a frame. you can look at that is that's more your job. This is more the fun. Exactly. Yeah, that's and your that's job. what I was like, <laughs> you know what? I just want something that I can do something now. Is it advisable to buy a horse that is in New Jersey for money that matters and a number that significantly uh, to ship it is uh, probably more than the dang horse. No, this is a terrible idea. Have I seen this horse in person? No. Have I ridden this horse in person? No. Do I know the people selling it to me? No. Did I talk to him on the phone? Yes. Did I get a lot of video? Yes. Did I feel like I did some due diligence? Yes. Is this going to work out? We shall see. <laughs> it That's would be the stupidest thing you've ever done. There's been others that are worse. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this one's pretty stupid. Do you but know you where know you're? Do you know oh. what though? Pretty soon, over at the World of Question Center, they're going to be having events, and we'll see you there. Yeah, I'm on my way. <laughs> that was my goal: is I want to compete and in drive Florida from the whole sea, summer, the whole winter season. You'll be here competing. Uh, wouldn't I that be nice? Uh, I'll just bring all the babies with me so they can get ridden too. Yeah, yeah no, it's gonna. It's it, 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 it. You know, I always think of it too as like, you know what? At least it'll entertain the masses, <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, he might get here and be a bug-eyed demon, or he might get here and be, like, super cool, and I'm the rider that he needed. You know, who knows? Who knows? But I just, I saw that walk to Kinder Transition, and I was like, I want to do that. I can't remember this, what that feels like. This is like. the point where I say to Jamie every time, uh, you know, it was a stupid mistake what you just did, but it's great for the show. So right? <laughs> You're welcome, Glenn. <laughs> the World Equestrian Center. They got, you remember I talked to you last week about all the weird stuff that were happening all at the same time. They had a dressage show in the Comic-Con and uh, something else, the Arabians there. The Arabians, dressage, yeah. Comic-Con. Comic -Con. Yeah. Yeah. All at the same location. Well, this weekend is just about the same in, in uniqueness. So this weekend, they have the Pasifino Horse Association 50th Golden Anniversary Grand National Show. Oh, my gosh. Now, if, it, if, if you haven't seen a Pasifino show, and by the way, they're huge in this area, huge. They're probably big in Arizona, too. Um, you have to go to one. <laughs> so funny. I, we have to get somebody on to talk about this because I got to know why. I got to know why they do all the things they do. But in addition to the Pasifino show, now, Pasifino shows are very loud because they do it on, on wood. And it's just very loud. Well, in addition to that, they have the Budgie show. That's the right. The show? The Budgies, the Parakeet show. Is there. There's a 
People show parakeets? People show parakeets. It's the Association of America show, known as budgies or parakeets. The birds will be judged across five categories. Champion, rare, intermediate, novice, and junior. I don't know if they do jumps. I really have no idea what they do at the budgie show. What? I mean, they have <laughs> I chicken shows here. Like chicken yeah, shows in Oklahoma are thing. a big deal. And like, but that's a chicken. The budgie's like a tiny bird. Like, how mm. do you judge confirmation I, on a budgie? I, I this is hurting know. my brain. I don't know. But so the Pasifinas are very loud. You know, because they they do this all on wood. They trot across the gate across the little board, and it's like, and the budgies can't be quiet. So, with a million budgies in a room. Oh, it's Briar Fun Day, also. So there'll be lots of kids there, and it's Oktoberfest. Oh dear God! So, you know, Oktoberfests are never quiet. So it's going to be very, very loud over at the World Equestrian Center this weekend. If you're in the area, stop by, and you'll get to see an eclectic group of things happening there. Oh, my God. That (laughs) sounds so fun. Pasofino's a parakeet show, a briar fun day, and a bunch of drunk Germans. That's fantastic. (laughs) That's uh, World Equestrian Games, or worldequestriancenter.com is where you can find all the information on the World Equestrian Center. If you're driving by on your way to Orlando, to the parks or whatever, you have to swing in. It's 10 minutes off the highway, and it's worth seeing. So So fun. We're going to get you down here this winter sometime. We're going to get you down there. I love it. All right, let's head to one of our uh, good friends and the one we always call on to talk about all things eventing. She's like the editor over at Eventing Nation is going to talk us through the world championships that happened over the weekend time to welcome sally spicker to the show sally thank you so much for joining us are you back in america yet or are you still in italy actually i never left believe it or not um i have been here in the states the whole time i just was the remote person um stop it (laughs) the coverage that you guys did made me feel like you were i've been jealous of you all weekend i'm like i can't believe she's there seeing all this because y'all's coverage was so thorough i can't believe you weren't there no, yeah, so thank you very much. Um, so we did have two people there. It just wasn't me. We had Tilly Barrett and Shelby Allen there who were excellent. They did an awesome job covering. We had this epic house on Airbnb that we rented like a year and a half ago and split it like eight ways to be able to afford it. But it was it looked like it was well worth it. So we sent them and then I and myself and Abby Powell uh, supported them from kind of remotely. So I was working the weird, you know, I think my alarm went off at like 12 midnight on Saturday for cross country. So how do you um, pick who gets to go? Well, so I was actually going to go. So Tilly was already going to go because she's based in the UK. So it made a lot of sense. And she covers basically all of our global outside of the States events. So she knows those riders inside and out. So she's, you know, she really has the authority on all the information of these riders that are going to championships. Um, I was going to go, but I was actually moving right around the time that championships was happening. So I said, you know what, I'm going to be really stressed I'm going to be really useful if I can do all the live updates from home. So I asked Shelby if she wanted to go. And of course she was like, uh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, Tilly did such a great job. The last article that she wrote, he's the ultimate event horse, uh, was just like, I mean, goosebump inducing through the whole thing. So let's start with Saturday. You just can recap quickly because we all know who won. But uh, tell us a little bit about about the eventing and of course we're talking about Pertoni, which was the what what, what the, the fei world championships is that what we're calling them yeah so there okay. was no leg this year as i'm sure you guys 
already. Um, you know, the FEI decided that they did not have a sufficient bid to support all the disciplines at one venue for a traditional world equestrian games. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they split the championships for dressage, show jumping, vaulting, and paradressage, and then eventing and driving, and then endurance. So there were three separate championships in different countries that were actually awarded uh, these events for their respective disciplines. Now, the endurance championship we just found out last week got canceled because of poor planning, which I feel like they had a long time to plan, but we won't go into that. Um, And so eventing and driving kind of got put in Italy for their championships. So um, it it didn't feel so much like a world championship WAG lead up because the herning, the the show jumpers and the dressage riders and the para riders, they'd all already gone. Right. So it kind of was like, oh, now we have the eventers. But um, you know, the venue itself was incredible. I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but um, it just received a lot of really interesting feedback. And um, so the cross country in particular was very unique. I think even Michael Young, who, you know, has competed at most of the events um, in Europe, says that there's really no course like Protoni. Um, it's extremely hilly. And the soil is like a volcanic ash. So there's no there's no mud, there's no sand, there's no dirt. Um, it's just a really interesting mixture of soil um, that that kind of has a lot of spring to it. So the footing was actually quite good. Um, but the, the course was very twisty. So it was basically carved into the side of a hillside and the horses were having to go up and down. And I learned a lot about this word called camber. Have you heard? Do you know this word? Camber? No. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. All right. So <laughs> apparently, apparently in England or in the UK, or I'm probably being ignorant, but there's a word called camber, which basically means slanting, falling away ground. Um, and it was funny in our group chat, just really quick, Tilly was like, wait, so what do you guys call slanting ground in America? And we go, slanting ground. <laughs> a hill. <laughs> like, That's what we call there's it. There's no word for it. A hill. You That's just say the ground slants away. I don't know. It's the um, camber. <laughs> it's the camber. So, so now, you know, so, so literally, that was the word I think of the week is the camber. Like every, all the commentators, all the writers were talking about it. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? Um, so all of that to say that the the course was very influential, but I loved it because there was no horse that hit the ground. And I hate to say that that's not the norm these days with our cross country courses. Um, now that's not a knock on cross country designers. I think, you know, the designers have a very unenviable job to make the course challenging, but still safe. Um, and, you know, if you guys have a chance, go on to, I think there's an article on Eventing Nation for, um, the writers' takeaways after cross country. Irish writer Sam Watson um, had a brilliant round as one of the first to go, and he navigated that course with a very green horse. And he said, "You know what? That course was um, safe to ride, but it was hard to ride." And I think that's the dichotomy that the course designer is always challenged with. That was I read that quote, and I loved that because it it, it was a challenging course. But like you said, like he said, it was a safe one, which is like a fair kind of course. And mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, like this past <laughs> Land Rover course, I believe Derek designed it to Grazia, and it was uh, especially the four star one. I thought was was relatively unfair to the horse in many, many places. And so it was nice to see a course that was kind Mm -hmm. of designed to, you got to get it right. And it's going to challenge you, but it's fair. 
but it's not going to punish you if yes. you make a mistake. And I think we have seen some courses and again, you know, like I have a lot of respect for course designers, but I do think we see some courses where, you know, maybe not in my opinion, not as much recently, but I know we've seen some courses where it's like, God, if a horse messes up there, it's going to hit the ground. And that's not what should happen if a horse messes up or if a rider makes a mistake, yeah. in my opinion. Um, so the, the course was very skinny. There was a lot of skinny elements. Um, they brought back this really interesting vintage jump that was basically a burly lift leaf pit on steroids. They jump over this log and have to kind of go down um, oh. and cowboy rain it down the hill to get to these two very narrow brushes at the bottom like of the Like the man from Snowy River. Oh my God, it was. It was yeah, awesome. it's epic. I think we have a video going up today on EN of like just a collection of videos of people going down the Protoni slide is the name of it. Um, so definitely watch that because it was it was interesting, but you know, it was very influential, but it was influential because it caused run-ups, not falls. And I think that's the thing that I really appreciated about this cross country. Now the riders, they had different opinions. You know, Michael Young didn't love the twists and turns. Um, Laura Collette, the British team, basically um, Oliver Townend, they all said it was really difficult for their five star horses because dimensionally the course wasn't that big. It was about four star height. <laughs> I say not that big and I would still walk up there and poop my pants, but like, I guess to be <laughs> guys, it's not that big. Um, so, you know, I think um, for the five star horses that are used to being able to go out to badminton or Burley or Kentucky and really attack, right? Because the fences are so big. Um, excuse me, that they they back the horses off. So this track was not dimensionally huge, but it was technical. Um, so I think it wasn't for every horse, but and I was really pleased. That's what with I it. appreciate, Sally. Is is the ones totally. that are giant, big, and technical. That to me is not fair. But one that is consistent, like this yes. one, I I I thought, like you said, it encourages a run out instead of a fall. And to me, yeah, you make a yes. mistake, you have a run out. You make a mistake, you have a fall. We we are revisiting safety of the horse. So I love that. Now, absolutely. That being said, take us to the show jumping because, oh my oh. God, it was awesome. Holy cow. It was like, I think we counted and it was almost 200 rails that fell in this show jumping course. That's What's insane. It? I mean, granted, there's 80, 75 horses that went. Sally, take us to the beginning of show jumping. So team-wise, who was in the lead and individual-wise, who was in the lead at the beginning? Oh, gosh. Okay. So this was this was a roller coaster. So at the end of cross-country, it was Germany. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It was Great Britain, Germany, United States, gold, silver, bronze. Um, so the scores were pretty tight. I believe Great Britain and Germany were within like two-tenths of a penalty point. Um, we were about a rail back, I think. Um, and it was, it was close, but we were in contention because the Americans, oh, the Americans had a great day on cross country. I mean, everybody all go clear? clear rounds. They all went clear. And, um, I think two or three of them at least went double clear. So, I mean, what a banner day for the Americans and, you know, just really quick, I think it's a huge, um, shout to the, the program that's been put in place with Bobby Costello as interim head, head chef to keep. Um, and I think this is also a throwback to the work that Jenny Autry and Eric Devander put down years ago. You know, I think that started the process. And Can we just you know, make him chef to keep now and take the interim away? You know, okay, so I asked him this a couple weeks ago and he's like, talk to me after Pretoni. And I was like, I'm like, Bobby, Pretoni went pretty well. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you want to stick around? Uh, so he was very noncommittal, but I, I think he was approaching it with an open mind for sure. But I, I think it's a personal decision for him also. So, yeah. um, but anyway, going into show jumping, it was, uh, it was close. Um, but then the, the morning session went and the rails were just, I think 175 rails fell in the morning session alone. Um, 
So that that just tells you um, the course was designed by a Italian Grand Prix show jumping designer. So not an eventing, um, I'm sorry, an eventing show jumping designer. So the course was already going to be more technical, kind of like it was in Tokyo. Um, and it was on grass. So for some people based in North America, that's a challenge. We don't jump on grass very often here. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of unknowns. And Boyd Martin describes the course as one of the biggest, widest, most technical tracks he'd ever seen which says a lot. Um, you know, he had a bit of a rough day at the office, but Setzer Leg is, you know, you wouldn't call him a show number on his best day. So um, I think that's that's not the, the most surprising thing. But um, so really what happened is the, the metal board changed so many times during the top 25 that we were sitting here with our calculators trying to figure out who was in gold because Germany... <laughs> was flip-flopping and then Oliver Townend went in and had a complete, like he had four rails. That horse has never had four rails. Um, and it was just, there were so many changes that for one point we were in gold. The Americans were going to win gold. Um, and, and it just so happened that I think Tammy lowered two rails and, 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 um, with, with the other rails that we had, I think we ended up slipping, but you know, silver is where we, um, ended up at the end of the weekend. So I, I just, I can't even fully, I know I'm not doing a very descriptive job of saying exactly how intense the show jumping was, but the lead changed so many times that it was just, it was mind blowing. I've never seen anything like it. And, and it, then Michael Young has two rails down. Like, what is this world? And we, so, uh, we, uh, I noticed that too. I mean, when you take a look at the scores, Germany won, uh, mm-hmm. but the United States was less than four tenths of a point off of New Zealand, who was in third. Yeah, I mean, it was close. It was, it was close, it was and I don't close. think the, I don't think New Zealand ever thought they were going to medal. Right? It's been a while since New Zealand's gotten on the podium. Well, it's been too. a while since we've been on the podium. For too, sure. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anybody. I think everybody expected Britain to be up there, Germany to be up there. Um, you know, maybe the maybe the New Zealand people, or maybe the French, or maybe the Irish. But man, it was uh, it was surprising in a lot of ways. I think, which I think is great. I love the Yasmin's uh, uh Let's talk about individual, yeah. Let's describe wh- what the situation was at the beginning for the individual with the top two, especially. So the top two was, it was a pretty good birth that Michael Young had. I mean, he scored an 18.8 in dressage, which is his Crazy. lowest five-star score, five star score ever, which I'm pretty sure he got his lowest five-star score ever at Kentucky. So he's yeah. like, ah, I can do better than that. Uh, so he gets an 18.8 in dressage and doesn't add anything to it on cross country. He comes home like nine seconds inside the time easily. Um, so everybody, you know, I think he had about two rails in hand, maybe three. Uh, no, he had one. Sorry, I'm remembering my math incorrectly. He didn't have more than two in hand. Um, so he he jumped in. I'm sorry, Yasmin Ingham was was just behind him in second. Um, she did not start there. I think she moved her way up with and a double tier like cross country. She's like 25. She's a youngster. She's 25. Yeah. She's from the very tiny Isle of Man, just outside of um, just off the coast of the UK, and um, it's it's like a 10 mile or 100 mile wide. I know that's a big difference, but I'm not remembering. It's a small island, um, and so she's you know she's really, really kind of to us in the States come out of nowhere, but she's been winning young rider championship titles since, you know, last couple of years. So um, she kind of climbed her way up there after cross country and was sitting second. And, um, you know, she jumped a beautiful double clear round as the second last to go. And then I think she was like, yeah, I got silver. This is great. I was never expecting to be in this position. I moved up after cross country into silver and I stayed here and this is great. I got everything I needed. And then Michael Young has, 
the last fence down. Um, this was like literally, I think the people on the German kiss and cry were already celebrating his win. And then the last fence goes. And that was the, enough to take him down all the way off the podium. Off, off after an off 18 in dressage. Like mm-hmm. that's bananas. Yep. I do love it's crazy because uh, you never would have thought he would lost. He would lose on that score, you if, know, but anything can happen. Before we go on, do you want to hear what she had to say? I have a little quote from her. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it's on mute. Hold on. I knew this is honestly the best day of my life. I never thought that this would happen at this event. Um, I knew the horse Banzai was capable of, of a top result. And for everything to come right on the same event is um, a real dream come true. So I'm um, just delighted, so happy with the horse. And a massive thank you to my amazing team that have been behind me um, this whole week. So we're uh, very grateful. Okay, do you know how we talk about people looking 12 when they wear helmets? She looks 12. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She does. I do love, love she went on to say that he's, you know, he's not a robot. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, he is a human. Yeah. He's not a robot. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not true. That's <laughs> yeah. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he it's, you know, so, so Germany did end up with the gold medal as a team. So he did get to take that medal home, but I'm sure it was still a, a, a very disappointing end for him to lose that lead after being so solidly in first place. But, but man, it just goes to show that anything can happen. And honestly, I, I would have been thrilled for Michael to win. I, I'm a huge fan of Michael Young, but for Yasmin to step up and, you know, the Brits did not put her on the team. They put her in as an individual, which, well, that's the other which thing. is fair. That's the other thing. Yeah. It was the first time in like forever that an mm-hmm. individual has won, uh, has won and not been on a team. Right. And it, not been on a team. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. It was, a, it was actually a weekend for the individuals. I mean, Ariel Grald, our, the um, individual for the Americans, finished on her dressage score. She moved all the way up from starting in 50th place after dressage up to 11th altogether. Um, so, you know, it was really a banner weekend for those individuals. And, and I'm excited. It shows how much depth the Americans have. And, you know, we already knew how much depth the, the uh, Brits had, but it's just, it's incredible. And w- we had two in the top 10. We had Will Coleman sitting in seventh and Tamer Smith sitting in ninth. So, yep. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, you know, I think Tammy will have been a little disappointed that she had those couple rails because she was sitting in individual bronze going into show jumping. So she could have um, she could have actually if she jumped a clear round, she would have actually been individual silver instead of Julia Krajewski. But, um, you know, Tammy was extremely classy and said our, our goal here was the team medal. And we did that and she did her part. And I'm, I'm just so proud of all of them. I just don't see how Tammy could be disappointed. I mean, I get it. I get like the thrill of nice the, the, right? the, the compete competition, but oh my God, sure. that horse. I just, oh, I would just wake incredible. up every morning and kiss the ground and think, kiss somebody's feet saying, thank you for letting me ride this horse every day. Yeah, I think that's what she does. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. part of her morning routine. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I, you know, I think, I think she, I think we're all very grateful to have been blessed with my bomb. I mean, what a horse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on and talking to us about all of this. I mean, I feel like I was there. Like it was just, (laughs) you know what I really like too, is that your coverage was so broad, but I followed all the riders and every rider, I don't know if they have people or what, they're just getting really good at social media. They are. So it was just so fun to like see kind of to, to read what happened and then to go and compare it to like what they felt and how like inside their brain, what pictures they take. It was so, it's really, really fun. So I hope everybody 
everybody in the whole thing should be proud of themselves, but it was just awesome. And thank you for all your coverage. You guys are the place to go. Thank you for reading. I mean, we really appreciate it. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a wall. So when I hear that people enjoy it, it makes me feel. (laughs) I told you every single time you guys get really, really helpful, useful comments underneath your posts like this one that says Mm -hmm. you can work from home Mm -hmm. part time and get over $15,000 a month. So, I mean, you're getting feedback. We're, we're just, uh, we're here to help and those people are also there to help. So. Uh, girl, thank you so much. We'll Thanks, talk to you soon. for having me. Have a good Appreciate one, guys. It. Well, your horse has unique feed needs and Purina has you covered from breeding and growing to senior horses to performance horses and easy keepers and everything in between. Purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work. Put their research to the test. Find optimal nutrition at any level at your Purina retailer or visit PurinaMills.com to learn more. That's PurinaMills.com. And now we're heading off to Susan, who's one of our favorite people on the show. She's been coming on forever. She's from Saddle Seeks Horse about her brand new book, which is going to make us all more creative. Well, as I said, we have Susan Friedland on, and she is from Saddle Seeks Horse, but we're, we don't have you talking about your, your website today. We have you talking about a new book that you've put out. It's called Unbridled Creativity, 101 Writing Exercises for the Horse Lover. And Jamie will attest to this. I am the world's worst writer, which is why I speak for a living, and I'm not even very good at that. So I need this book. I really do. <laughs> Well, I'll send you a copy because this book is for anyone who loves to write or maybe could use a little bit of practice. Or or just um, sucks. Is it for that person too, the one who just sucks at it? Um, Glenn, I, I hardly think that you suck no, at writing. No, Jamie will tell you I suck at writing. So. <laughs> okay, what do you mean? Like, you can't spell? Or uh, just all of hard that. To get word? All of that. Okay. English, math okay. was my major, English not so much. But you didn't write this for me. Who did you write this book for? Well, I wrote it for anyone who is passionate about horses. Um, certain people who will love this. I just uh, heard from a woman who is doing some tutoring with a homeschooled middle school age student, and they're very excited about the book. So what you might not realize about me is I was a middle school teacher for 22 years. I taught English and history. And so I was good and I knew the proper educational ways to create writing prompts to get students, whether eager writers or reluctant writers, to try to, you know, up their creativity or even just get a string of words on a page. So that in my background, a couple of years ago, I saw my niece who was college age at the time and she loved reading, loved writing, and she had a book of prompts. And so I looked at it and that gave me the idea, like I could write prompts for horse people who like to write. Give me an example of one. Okay. So one of the, the examples that I have here is the spookiest spook I ever sat was when dot, dot, dot. And the spookiest spook that landed me on the ground was dot, dot, dot. So that's real Halloween appropriate, you know, kind of coming into that season. But um, there's categories. So uh, there's eight different types of prompts, both fiction and nonfiction. There are photo prompts. I don't know if you remember being in school, a teacher holding up a picture and then trying to get you to write a story about the picture and what was going on in that. 
There are persuasive prompts. There are, you know, as you write, it kind of helps you solidify your thoughts on a matter. So when, um, actually, you know, I saw you, you realize that at Ada and Jen picked up the book and the one she landed on and giggled at was the prompt related to shoes or no shoes for horses. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's not a paragraph or two. That's 10 books. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You started a war. Oh, right, right. That and also chestnut mares, evil or elegant. Um, But one, one of the things that educational research shows is that it's hard to get students that maybe aren't super comfortable with writing or maybe they didn't grow up reading to write unless you give them something to look at. Just like, you know, with us in riding, we see pictures of people, you know, sitting and having proper equitation or how the horse is moving. We want our horse to have that look, you know, not with the head up in the air. And so for writing, what I did on my website, saddleseekshorse.com, there's within the book, there are links that go to what we call mentor texts. And that's just a fancy educational term that means here are samples that would help kind of um, get you going, give you a little bit of an idea. So that I think is a unique feature of the book, as well as um, the fact that it has a list of ways to be a better writer. So it's just really meant to be kind of a fun um, gift book. It would be an excellent stocking stuffer, great uh words uh to for people who maybe find themselves a little bit shy. You know, you could just open the book and and ask someone, what aspect of grooming a horse do you like the least and why? So for me, is that picking always hose. cleaning the feet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> picking the hose, totally. Not always that. I could write paragraphs yeah. on that. Glenn, you need to buy this book for the I, show. Like if we run out of stuff I, to talk about, I'd be there like, there we go. That's Jamie, perfect. Oh <laughs> yeah, one yeah. Thing that, you hear? that would yeah, be good about- for us to do that in the post show. Uh, have this one a week in the post show. Sure. Yeah. And then, and for example, another one is, what's a song you sing to your horse? We if you don't, about this I think Jamie has said hers have. before. It depends oh. on the horse. They all have their own. Yeah. My pony is uh, <laughs> If I Were a Rich Man from uh, Fiddler on the Roof. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. See, I'm already getting to know more about you, and uh, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> I hate musicals, but for some reason, I lo- loved Fiddler on the Roof, and I've seen it a hundred times. I don't know why. I find it very hard to believe you hate musicals. I hate musicals. I hate musicals. I hate music in movies. I don't <gasps> watch movies with music. But uh, for some reason, Fiddler on the Roof, I've seen it a hundred times. I always wanted to play Teviev, but I... Uh, I can't sing, so that ruled that out. See, uh, you started a <laughs> random conversation know, by just did. mentioning one thing. Look at that. <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, so this is a, less a book about structure of sentences and more a book about the creativity of writing. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. There's 101 prompts, and you write in the book, and it, it's kind of, it's a cute book. It looks like the old school, do you remember the composition books that yeah. had like the black binding? So it's a cheerful yellow and the title has a beautiful braided rain on the cover for unbridled creativity. Get it? Get it? Got it. So it's, um, I, I hope that, you know, many of your listeners and friends of listeners and horse people throughout the world will uh, just have it as a fun book. And you don't have to go through prompt one to 101 you can kind of pick and choose all right well send me a copy of it okay i will definitely do that where can people buy it 
Um, my website, saddleseekshorse.com slash shop is the way if people want to, you know, support local. It's also in several tax shops. I know by you, Gray Fox Designs at World Equestrian Center Ocala has some copies. Uh, World Equestrian Center um, in Ohio, uh, Equestrian Sundry has it. But you could also get it on Amazon. All right. Very good. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate it. It was good to see you a couple weeks Thank ago. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. And it's always fun to talk to the two of you. All right. Thanks, Susan. Thank okay, you. Bye-bye. Well, what fun guests we had today. Uh, you know, I always enjoy having them both on. I really appreciate it. Sally describes events in such a way that it really does make you feel the excitement and like you were there. And, and her writing's the same way, but she's really yeah. good. Sometimes, you know... <laughs> We had two good authors on today who can actually talk as well and make good interviews, but we've had authors on that aren't so good. and But they're both good, and Sally's excellent at it. So thank you, Sally, for joining us. Appreciate it. Somebody else that was excellent at her job was Hope Hand. We've talked about her many times here in the show. We lost her, uh, I think it was earlier this year. She was the head of the United States Paraquestrian Association for, like, Hundred years, it seemed like forever. Uh, they're actually doing a fund now, Hope Hand Memorial Grant Fund, and what it's designed is it's to keep her vision of educating and helping U.S. para uh, dressage riders uh, going and learning and getting to big events and things like that. She mainly wanted to focus on uh, continued e- education through clinics and competition. So they've started this fund. If you would like to donate it to it, I will put a link to their PayPal account in our show notes today. Uh, so if you'd like to help out the paras in the future through uh, Hope Hand's name, then that's the place to do that. And I'm glad they put that together. In the post show, we're going to be doing some equestrian first world problems. That's right. The serious things that our listeners go through. But for right now, we're going to call it a day. Tomorrow, we have the Certified Horsemanship Association on the show. Later in the week, it's the sales and breeding episode. And there's exciting news about that. It's going to be changing a little bit, still with Kayla involved, but uh, she's going to be mixing it up a little. And uh, let's do some equestrian first world problems. What do you say? They have them. All right, everybody, spank your guilt.